You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. Um, Nehemiah chapter 12, beginning with verse, uh, verse 27. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgiving, and with singing, with cymbals, harps, and lyres. This is a great like culmination here of all of what I've been sharing with you about Nehemiah's uh, project, his, his building of the wall, if you will, his gathering the people together, getting them to join him in this great work that the Lord had for them to do, and the miraculous completion of it in the midst of some great adversities that were going on and that they were encountering as they were trying to build the walls. And so here we see God doing something spectacular in not only completing the wall, but now rallying his people together and continuing to use Nehemiah to be the leader of that, all right? Um, I remember one time uh, talking to a pastor, and he said that um, there were couple of ladies in the church, and he overheard them. Uh, They were speaking about his sermons, and uh, so his ear kind of like tuned in to them. And one of the ladies said to the other lady, she said, you know, when he preaches, it really seems like it's a long time. And the other lady said, well, it's really not a long time. It's just the way he preaches. (laughs) And... uh, and I, I think all of us are time-sensitive on Sunday mornings, you know, and we like a certain time, and we like a, a, a slot for preaching, and we kind of feel like that's what it needs to be. Um, I can tell you one thing. There are some clock watchers over on the other side because they have rooms that are packed out with little kids who are trying to learn the gospel project but are also energetic uh, and maybe uh, a little excited. And so when it gets to the time that our teachers think we're supposed to be done, they are noticing their watches or their phones, and they're paying attention to whether or not they hear footsteps coming down that hallway to, uh, to retrieve their children. Um, and perhaps we are conditioned to this, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But could you imagine being in a service like what Nehemiah had planned and had gathered the people for on this day of the dedication, they were going to be there for a long time. There was a lot that was going on here. And I wonder what what those two little ladies would have thought about a service that lasted about six hours. And that's what Nehemiah planned, was about a six-hour service. And there was a lot of things that happened in that service And I think some of them are very important for us in the sense of understanding what God would do for us in Life Church as a response to expanding the kingdom here on this land and building a facility uh, that is, is bigger for all of us to worship in and those kinds of things. Because honestly, there is going to come a point where we are going to have a dedication. There will be a point in time somewhere down the road, very likely it could be as early as next spring, and we are dedicating facilities that have been built and expanded for the kingdom of God right here in Life Church. 
And so what would our posture be and what would our heart be as we would go into dedicating something to God that would be used for His glory and for the purpose of training and equipping God's people, both children and adults, to serve the kingdom and to go and make disciples in our neighborhood and beyond. And I think that we can gain from Nehemiah today by looking at his dedication service and the things that were going on around that dedication service. And so I want to give you three things here, and I'm going to try to do this very quickly for you today. But then I'm going to, um, as the summer progresses, expound somewhat on each of these three areas for us, and we're going to build on them uh, throughout some parts of the summer uh, yet. Okay. The first thing that I want to, to, to bring to your attention is I believe the text um, with the, the uh, other scriptures around it puts a very strong emphasis on God's word as a, as a primary mark of spiritual renewal. You see, the Israelites had sort of lost God's word in a sense. And they were very focused on the project and the building of the wall. And Nehemiah was, was correct to focus first on the building of the wall. That was what God called him to do initially. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and the intent was to build the wall and establish it so that the people could once again have a renewed identity in their God and they could be free from um, being exploited by their enemies and being vulnerable to the attack of their enemies. And so it was very important to build the wall and to literally construct that structure around Jerusalem. And they were able to do that in miraculous form and in 52 days completed the entire project. And so then came the time for God to do what was next in his heart for the people, and that was to rally them to some sense of renewal and dedication. And so the first thing happened in Nehemiah chapter 8. So if you've got your Bible, just turn back over two or three pages, whatever it is, four pages there for you. And just look at, at uh, the beginning of chapter 8. It says that, and all the people gathered, all right? Now, he's just gone through a huge amount of time and energy to explain all of the different families and the units who participated and the numbers of the people and all those kinds of things and relationships of some of those people. Uh, and it's quite extensive. But then after he's done that, then it says that all those people he speaks of, they have gathered as one man into the square before the water gate, all right? So in other words, they gathered in a sense of unity, all right? All of these people gathered together, and they were one together. And there was where Ezra, the scribe, began to, to, to bring forth the book of the law of Moses um, as God had commanded Israel. And it says in verse 2 then, So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, both men and women and all who could understand what they heard on the first day of the seventh month. So at the beginning of the month, this happens. And it says, he read from it, facing the square before the water gate from early morning until midday in the presence of all the men and women and all those who could understand. And it says that the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Isn't that amazing? Everyone was attentive to hear the word of God. They were eager to listen. See, there had been a dearth of God's word for a season here. 
And, and God's word was not in printed form for all the people to have their own. And many, many of the people were not literate. They were not able to read. And so it required for them to have someone to stand and read for them. And so here's people that had been diligent to build the wall and to reestablish the parameter around the holy city of Jerusalem and the temple. And now that they have all of that established and they've seen the faithfulness of God and how good God was to them in this process, now there's a desire, there's a hunger in their heart to hear God's word. And so all the ears of the people are attentive to the book of the law. And it says that Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood these other men uh, who were there. And it says that as Ezra opened the book, down in verse 8, that, that in the sight of all the people, this was a, an amazing moment. He was up high above the people, and um, as he opened the book, it says all the people who were sitting there waiting. They could have been there from early in the morning, possibly, but they're sitting there, possibly many of them just sitting on the ground, if you will. Uh, but Ezra walks up and he ascends to a higher place on some type of platform or podium there. And as he does, and as he opens this book of the law, all the people started to get up. They rose, which was symbolic of their reverence and their expectation and their desire to hear and listen to the Word of God. They held the Word of God in esteem at this particular time. And this was huge for God's people to hear the Word being proclaimed aloud inside of the city once again. This was a spectacular moment for the people. But notice that this is the first thing that God had them do. This is what Nehemiah put down as the first priority once the people had gathered together, was that there would be this reading of the law and many hours of the reading of the law as well. All right? And I want to say this to you. I don't believe that this has changed in essence. I believe that God's intent is that his church be a church of his word and that, that the scriptures are absolutely essential and important for us. And Life Church is always held to the value and, and, and the, and the, and the uh, importance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We center on Jesus, and we center on God's word, and we use God's word, both Old Testament and New Testament, to point us to the Christ. All right, And we look at every aspect. Your children who are being taught on the other side of the room today are being taught out of the gospel project. And the reason we chose the gospel project is because every lesson in the gospel project, both Old Testament and New Testament, points to Jesus Christ as Redeemer, Rescuer, Savior of the world. And so we hold to that. We don't take that lightly. And so in Life Church, that's part of why we expand. That's part of why we are willing to grow. That's part of why we are willing to move out of our own comfort zone and preference someone else over our own desires and our own preferences. It's because we understand that the, the, the sharing of God's word is absolutely essential to be obedient and to follow God in this life. And so everything that we do, it is, it is because of the gospel we're building rooms on the other end of this building simply because we want to bring children and adults into those rooms and teach them what God's Word speaks to them. That is absolutely uh, the, 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 the priority of Life Church. And we will always be scriptural and God-centered and gospel-centered in what we do. 
And so we see Nehemiah creating this, this culture, if you will, right from the start of God's Word. And we want to hold to that, or right? we want to create a culture. I've been talking to Pastor Dave and others a lot lately about creating culture. I, I think that we all have a part to play in creating culture. And I'm going to tell you what, for those people who are coming in who are visitors to Life Church, uh, we can all speak to them, as I encouraged you to do just a little bit of go with the cards. We can all speak to our visitors, but there is a voice that is louder than our voice, and it is a silent voice, and that is culture. It is said that many people make up their mind in the first five minutes that they come into a sanctuary, whether or not that might be a church for them. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds plausible. But I think that culture will speak to people. Every Sunday when people come into Life Church, they are encountering a culture. And what is that culture going to be? It needs to be you and I very centered on God's Word. It needs to be this service that we work hard to put together for you to be able to enjoy the presence of God and to be impacted by God's Word and to, to be able to, to make changes in your life according to God's Word. These services are centered around the gospel. It is centered around what God is speaking to us from the truth of his word. And so we will always hold that true, all right? We will always want and desire that. If you want spiritual renewal in your life, my friend, then it will come through God's word, all right? God's word will be a source for you in spiritual renewal. Some of you talk to me sometimes about you know, I just feel like I'm distant from God. I feel like I'm away from God. I feel like I'm battling and I don't feel connected to God. Until you get in God's word and you allow God's word to get into you, you will never be able to achieve that connection properly. All right? And there are many people who come into churches to connect with other people. Or they come into churches to connect with certain ministries or, or certain aspects of the church and never ever connect with God because they're not in God's word. And I'm telling you that if you want renewal, if you want revival in your life, that's the place to start. I have never gone to God and prayed and asked God to help me to get closer to him that I have not felt impressed in some way, again, reminded in some way, again, well, get in my word, get in my word. That is what God desires for all of us, is to be in his word. And so as we continue to expand and grow as a church, whatever that might look like and however we might be shaped, please understand we will always. There are some things that will not change. And the most primary unchangeable thing is that we will never leave God's word. We will never move away from the gospel. We will never move away from being centered on Jesus Christ as the rescuer, the redeemer, the savior. We will always preach it. We will always teach it. We will always declare it. We will always proclaim it. We will always talk about it in our sermons and in our gospel time because this is absolutely essential for us. Amen? Okay, I basically have to stop now, but I'm going to go a little bit further, okay? Um, <laughs> because I want you to worship for a few minutes, all right? That's sort of setting the foundation here. Out of this idea of studying, reading God's Word, and there were men appointed to teach the people and give them understanding of God's Word. That's an important piece of it, all right? And so we very much believe in, in breaking open the Scriptures here in Life Church, and we believe in asking the hard questions and those kinds of things, all right? And so very much we want you to learn. But learning, 
that will bring you to another place, and that is the place of repentance. Look over in chapter 9 of Nehemiah. Look at verse 13. It says, On the second day, the heads of fathers' houses of all the people, with the priests and with the Levites, came together to Ezra the scribe in order to study the word of the law. Isn't that wonderful? That's, that's in chapter 8, uh, verse 13. And then look up at verse nine, uh, chapter 9, verse 1. Now, on the 24th day, all right, so from the first day when they started reading the law to the 24th day, it says that in, on that day of the same month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth and with earth on their heads. And the Israelites separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. They did two things. They confessed their own sin and they confessed the iniquities of their father. I don't want to get into a theological debate with you, but I think it's very important to, number one, confess our own sins, one to another, that we can be healed uh, and, and, and that God can do work in us and we're accountable to each other. Confession is a very good thing. We've talked a lot about that in Life Church, but also the confession of the sins of your fathers. I think it's important for you as men and women who are following God to be able to look historically back in your own family's lives and be able to see where there were uh, sin issues and, and strongholds and struggles in the family and be able to repent of those unto the Lord on, on behalf of your family lineage. And that's an important thing to do because here's what happens in our society today. We all look at our fathers and our mothers and we look at their sins and then we excuse ourselves because we are like them. And we tend to use our family's sinful heritage as a way to justify not changing and not repenting. But we need to be able to look at the sins that are in our families, confess them honestly before the Lord, take ownership of the fact that we are descendants of that sin and break that yoke of that sin off in our own lives and in the lives of our future generations so that we can be whole and healed and set free. And so repentance is a powerful part of what God is calling us to do. And that's what he asked of the Israelites as well. And that's what he asked of us. And so I think that repentance is a big, big piece of this. All right? Let me give you one last thing, and then we're going to worship third piece that we see in the life of these people as they are dedicating the temple is that Nehemiah chose a choir. And that passage I read to you said that they worshiped. They worshiped and they gave thanks and they gave praise and they, they used musical instruments and they sang together. Here's the cool thing. God led Nehemiah to choose a choir a big choir. And then God gave Nehemiah the wisdom to divide the choir into two pieces or two sections. He put the choir on one side of the wall in Jerusalem, and he put the other part of the choir on the other side, and he had each of them to begin to march in a big group in a very celebratory way. I, I don't think it's wrong. I don't think we can justify saying that this marching around the wall of Jerusalem was really a godly party. They were singing. They were dancing. They were celebrating. And he had them as they started the procession and they began the music and they began to sing about God and sing of his faithfulness and of his thanksgiving. They began to march around the wall on each side going all the way around the city of Jerusalem. Why would he do that? 
I think for this reason, because in their worship, God desired for them to walk along those places where there had been rubble and burnt stones and no wall and burned gates, and they had been victims and only saw themselves as survivors, and now they're walking on the miracle of God. And as they walk on the miracle of God, it evokes joy within them, and they begin to celebrate. And that's the third component, is that we worship with joy and celebration. And Life Church is going to become more and more a church of worship and joy and celebration as we expand and as we grow in the kingdom of God. And that's going to require you and I to consider other ways of worshiping than maybe what we normally have thought of. We are becoming more and more a multicultural church. And as we do, we have to be able to get out of our own comfort zone of our worship and worship with diversity and worship with other cultures and enjoy those cultures and celebrate one another more than we ever have before. And as we do that, we'll see the blessing of God because we will be one in unity with one another. Amen. Amen. Pastor. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Bill. Just want to give you a moment to respond here to what the Lord is speaking. Obviously, Pastor Bill said we're going to worship for um, a few moments and just end the service right where the scriptures <coughs> took us today. How fitting to do that. But maybe you're here today and you're saying, um, yeah, I am in need of some spiritual renewal. I, I just feel dry or I feel distant from God. That's not an uncommon thing for us to encounter in our spiritual lives, in our walk with Jesus. And Pastor Bill's given you some great keys from the text today to, to get that ball rolling, to, to dive back into Scripture, maybe to repent of a sin, um, or to just ask the Holy Spirit, search me. What, what's getting in the way of you and I? What's getting in the way of me connecting with you? Do some examination um, with, your, with your D group, maybe with a, with a close um, Christian friend. Hey, what's, what do you see in my life that could be preventing me from growing in the Lord? And then lastly, how are you offering yourself in worship to the Lord? And our lives are supposed to be directed at God, not the other way around, right? And sometimes when we become the center of the universe, our lives can get spiritually off. And we're going to uh, practice that now even, to just redirect our hearts towards God and make our lives about Him. But if you're here today and you've never gotten on that path, you've never started, you've never said yes to following Jesus, we also want to make that opportunity available to you. So after this time of worship, there'll be people that will uh, be willing to talk with you, pray with you. Um, we believe here at Life Church that Jesus Christ was sent to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again from the dead the third day. And uh, he did that so that we can have salvation and life everlasting in him. And so that's the good news this morning. Let's join. Let's stand together if you're able. And let's worship together, even as the scriptures instructed us today.